Ladies and gentlemen, from the depths of flyover country in the heartland of America, the Kansas City on the other side of the mighty Mo, welcome to Hitting the Bricks with Kathleen, the genealogy show that features your questions and her answers. I am John, your humble hubby host, and on this first episode of Season 2, we'll be talking to Ronnie from the Empire State in Farmingdale, Long Island. So let's start Hitting the Bricks. So Kathleen, we're back. This is season two and Ronnie is our first guest. It might be season three. Who knows by the time we get to it? It's season two. We'll call it season two. It's, it's our optimism in play right now. Is see, This is season two, the first episode of season two. And uh, Ronnie, you're from Farmingdale, Long Island. Is that what I remember? Yes, I'm on the border of Nassau and Suffolk County. Now, I used to have a friend and I we used to go to the Wontaw Inn, which is a little oh, bit... Oh, yes, excellent yeah, restaurant. So right next to the Wontaw Inn on the same block is um, also a big venue called... Okay. Well, it's interesting because I was shocked that years after, because this was 1980s, that I was going to the Wantai Inn. So it was it was forever ago, and then I was really shocked to see that it still exists. Yes, John, some things do outlive you. Yeah, well, <laughs> I imagine there's going to be a lot of things that outlive me. A lot of things. Okay, so maybe maybe I should let Kathleen. I was going to say, are you all going to reminisce We're forever? Just because I lived, in New- <laughs> I lived in New York, and I didn't have any of these fun things in Long Island. She so. didn't go to. She didn't go to the island. Long mm-hmm. Island. So now, John, the last time I spoke with Ronnie, she had a broken leg, I believe. Oh no! Is that true? Yeah, I'm actually a teacher and. Um, I was putting up a bulletin board and fell on my knee and I broke my knee and my ankle. So I am recovering from that, but I am doing so much better and going to physical therapy twice a week. Good. So thank you for remembering that. Well, I'm glad you're doing better. That's when, wonderful. Thank you so much. Did, what grades do you teach? I teach elementary school. So were there, students, a, in, were there students in the class when you took your tumble? No, thank goodness oh, there I, wasn't. Okay. I was actually putting up the board in the hallway in between classes doing it. So thank God nobody had to see me fall. (laughs) And then the ambulance came and they they snuck me out the back door. And how long have you been teaching? Um, I've been teaching since I was a kid. I I went in early childhood classes and I went to CW Post and got my masters Mm. in education. And then I worked down on Long Island a little bit and then I worked for New York City Board of Education for 13 years. Wow. wow, that's so, great! Thanks for that. Yeah, I, I, is it the classroom or is it education in general? Yes, um, I'm certified to teach uh, nursery through sixth grade, mm-hmm. but um, after looking at different grades, I love to teach kindergarten and first grade because that's the foundation of learning. So yeah. I love to teach kids how to read and write and get them excited about learning. The real teaching, the real hard work comes in that basically K through 12 is that it's so foundational. And if you don't make inroads there, you've got a real hard road to hoe after that point. Absolutely. And, you know, and because of that, they've they've started to realize that it's really important, you know, to give that foundation to children. Mm -hmm. So they are training a lot of teachers on, you know, how to do reading, how to do phonics, how to do uh, songs and symbols and, and all kinds of things. It's really great because also if we just look back in history and the way that we learned, you know, there's a special way to count on your fingers certain letters and sounds, yeah. and they've been teaching these core values for a very 
long time. So now they're starting to realize that early childhood is so important and play is so important for children to do so well going forward. Yeah. And again, I'll echo Kathleen. Thanks so much for, you know, the dedication in doing that, because a lot of times teachers are the unsung heroes. And especially, I think, the the K through 12 group and the people who make a true difference are those ones that are uh, K through 12. And I'm going to think that both of you need to stop and have a beer together so that we can get on with the show. Okay. <laughs> okay. Great. Okay. Let's get to your questions and her answers. So I'm going to let that happen. Here, we'll do an elementary thing. I'll raise my hand. And so now I'll become quiet. Thank you, John. Thank you. Ronnie, I'm going to let you start. I want you to tell us about a little bit about your family and why you called in to hit the bricks with Kathleen. Okay. Hi, Kathleen. I'm so happy. Happy to be here. And um, I'm, my name is Ronnie Alicia Kaufman. And my father was Jack Donald Kaufman. And he worked for the Daily News and retired there for many, many years. And unfortunately, my dad is deceased and my mom is deceased. But just like we were just talking about education, I remember learning in school, you know, doing my family tree back in the days. So I had a lot of information, but I couldn't remember everything. So I got onto Ancestry.com and uh-huh. I decided that I wanted to create a family tree and look further in my history. Maybe there were, you know, long lost cousins, uncles and aunts. And I wanted to also just really know where I came from and for my own children. Ronnie, one of the things that threw me totally off until I started looking at some of your documents that I found online was the Salvation Army, because Salvation Army is a typical Christian organization yes. that does has done quite a bit of work, especially with immigrants that came in and your family worked for them. So of course I assumed your family was Christian. However, <laughs> your family was actually Jewish. And I wasn't yes. sure, was like, well, does she know that? Because a lot of people don't realize it because the family might keep certain Jewish symbols, but they might have um, no longer identify as Jewish. But then I noticed it was on everyone's tombstone. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that is not new yes, news. It was so, I found it very interesting too, because they were actually, from what I remember, very orthodox in their house, from what my parents told them. And I just found it so interesting that my grandfather worked for a Christian organization. And so, what a gift, you know what I'm saying, to be able to do that. He's so humble. Yes. But my question to you is, did they belong to a particular synagogue? They did, but I don't know which one it was because okay. my mom had a calendar. You know, it was very custom to have the calendar in the house. Synagogues used to mail them to the houses so people would have all the information on the Jewish year. So one of the things we're going to talk about at the end is a little bit more of how the synagogue can help you and how to find the right. I want to talk a little bit more about the family itself. Your grandfather was Samuel Nathan Kaufman. I noticed on your tree and everyone else's tree looking for a Samuel Kaufman, there is a mixture of three to four people 
that look like one. All of you have three and four Samuel Kaufmans as one person, but they are literally three to four different people. Now, I yeah. know that because I researched three before I got to the fourth one that's on no one's tree, which is your family. You're going to find that I did a oh, little extra. So, oh, hang ahead, on. Uh, yeah, so you're, this is another case maybe of that. Um, we have in season one, it was a proliferation of bad trees. Yes, a proliferation. <laughs> Preparation of bad trees, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, unfortunately, what also happened was that, unfortunately, as big as my family I know is, with the passing of my mom and my dad, there's a breakdown in the family. So, uh, yeah. there's, no, so there's a loss of communication between everybody. Sure. So we're going to address some of your questions. One of your questions was who were the parents of Samuel Nathan Kaufman? And the other one was who were his siblings? And I am going to lead you right to those. Actually, I have those for you. I do not want all my listeners to think I do this much work normally, but just to unscramble the four Samuel Kaufmans who were all born between 1893 and 1897, I wanted to make sure I had the right one for you. So your father's name was Jack, and what you already know about everybody, Samuel and Jack is the Salvation Army. You had a specific birth date of 25 November 1895, uh, which is the right date. Do not alter that date. If it's 23rd November, it is the wrong person. You're going to stick with your 25th in this case. And part of it's cultural also because once they came with a particular at, uh, date, they stuck to it. If it's yes. right or wrong from the home country, we don't know, but that right. is not where we're starting. Where's Ronnie had the right birthday. She had the right birthday. And Congratulations, Ronnie. Well, what sort of prizes Yay! do we have? <laughs> you do have, you did have a War War uh, Two draft card. And if you need a copy of anything I mentioned, it just tell me and I'll make sure you have it. Thank and you. then you have the, the correct date of death, 21 December 1955 in the Bronx. Was that his? Yes. yes. So normally... I would say in order for you to unscramble and find the right Samuel married to the right Anna, you would pull a social security application five where they all got social security and it's a primary source. So they actually filled out their own paperwork and named their own parents. The number one key to genealogy is to pull the original documents. You have a marriage index on your tree. That is the correct marriage index. On the original marriage document, it names his parents for you. And oh, it wow. names her parents. So there I'm is so no, excited. it's just that little small hint. She would have got a whole nother generation, actually mm -hmm. two other generations on uh, Lillian's side and a Lillian's side, the wife of Samuel. Because yeah, Anna was a popular name and it was spelled a couple of different ways. And Samuel was a popular name too. And it was, that's why there was so many of them. Plus, um, I also found that, you know, that's why it was confusing, you know, because of the duplicate names at that time. Exactly. That would make it quite confusing. But as I said, we have a primary document where he filled out his own marriage record. And with that marriage record, 
Samuel tells you on his marriage document that his father's name is William and his mother's name is Jeannie Waskowitz. And he tells you that. And then Anna Cronish's parents are also named as David. And I believe you had theirs correct on your mm -hmm. tree. These marriages are named here, this couple, your great it was David and what was the other name? David and it looks like Rose Brooks. Yes. Okay. Okay. I think I saw this on your tree correctly. Her names. Mm -hmm. But I will make sure you get a copy of the original marriage record. Awesome. Thank you. Later, I was able to go in one more generation for you and find Jenny Waskowitz parent's name. Now, Jenny was the mother of Samuel. Her parents' names are listed on her death certificate. Oh. So you'll have that also. And their names were Mendel, Mendel, and Bella. Beautiful. Now, one of the things you did mention was the brother named Charles. You yes. are correct in that First of all, let's start with the family itself. The family are Russian Jews mm -hmm. and they came over with quite a few children born in Russia. Oh. Samuel was born in New York, so was Charles, and so were a couple of the other children. So one of the other issues I think that you asked were about the children. What have you known about the children in general? Anything except Charles? Uh, I knew about Charles, but I also knew there was a judge. And I wasn't sure what his name was. I was able to research and find two judges uh, with the Kaufman name, but I couldn't connect it. So, Do you remember the name of the judges? The two that your option was? It's on the tree. I don't know if I had it written here. I know that they were... Supreme Court judge. And like I said, I remember the princess in the family, but I, I really just know the connection. I don't remember. And I know you've mentioned a princess twice. What are, what are you referring to as a princess? In one of the countries in Russia or Prussia, I think his cousin was a princess. Okay. And that That's I do... That I have, we have not gone back to Russia yet. We're still in New York as far as the research. But as you go back, there might be something that comes up with that information. Yeah, I find it very hard to find any records outside of New York. So, and because I didn't have the names, you know, like his father, I couldn't confirm those names. So I, I got stuck. So one of the resources that you will help you a lot is the Jewish Genealogical Society resources. That's a resource that everyone, of course, doesn't have. But in your case, there's three, the Jewish Gen, which will have a lot of birth records, death records, everything that the synagogue had turned in. Yeah. Um, you also have, you have JewishGen.org uh, and of course, you still want to look under all the New York City.gov record, which is where yes. I found the marriage records. Now, I tried to get the death certificate from New York City.gov and I applied for it, but they wouldn't give it to me because I didn't have enough information. So now that I definitely have the parent's name, I'm going to give, I'll give it a try to get that again. Good. Let's talk a little bit more about 
the article on your dad. Your dad? Yeah, he was actually running for president of the Daily News. Your father was. <laughs> yes. That's what that article was about. That's wonderful. Yes. And in there, it talked a lot about who he was. And it does go back and forth about them always working with newsstands and peddlers. Yes. One of the second biggest hit that I got from your records was Samuel's World War One draft. You had the two World War Two draft card, but right. his World War One draft card had one big hint on there. He actually mentions that his mother has to be supported. And so that's how I knew that his father had died mm-hmm. prior to 1917. So Samuel says that he, his mother is a dependent. So now I'm looking in a family household with Samuel, whose father is not alive in 1920 census. Did you find that World War One draft card? I found it, but I, I couldn't open it. So these records are all on Ancestry.com, or many of them are on for free family search. If you don't have Ancestry.com, your library has a library edition of it, and it's free. Yes. Um, so William died before 1920. He died before 1917. Matter of fact, I believe he died in 1908. I will send you an option where I think this is your William, but more research needs to be done. Remember, my whole job at this point was trying to unscramble the the four Samuels. So Jenny raised the children on her own if he passed away. That is correct. That is correct. Jenny is in that. Did you have a date of birth for Charles by any chance? We have quite a bit on Charles. Charles was the oldest who was born in America. He lived next door to his mother in 1920. He was married and in the house with Jenny was Samuel, Annie, and Franny. He also was the executor of the state for Jenny and for his grandmother, I believe. Now I'm going to have to double check that part to make sure I'm not mixing Charles up, but Charles was definitely the executor of the state for his mother, Jenny. So did did it list the other children? Oh, yes. The census records were wonderful in your case. Really? Yeah, they started in 1900, naming all of the children. There's also the 1910 and 1920 federal census. Jenny died in 1925, so we have her death record. Wonderful. Does it list what what cemetery? Oh, yes. It gives you everything there. It tells you. And the, the best thing about it is in doing all of the research to the census records, we found a nickname for William. And it's Wolf, W-O-L-F. Nice. So he also went by the name Wolf. And we know it's the right one because we can follow all the children and Jenny is in the house. Yes. Now, in addition to the federal census records, New York had state census records. So this family is also listed in the 1905 and the 1915 uh, census also. Awesome. Lots of of areas to dive into, Ronnie. Yes, it sounds like it. Wonderful. So, John, in Ronnie's case, I have so much information, but I want to make sure I'm covering any questions she has at this point. I'd just like to know the names of all the kids. Okay. 
So what I'm going to do is I'll send you a copy of the census records I pulled and you could just transcribe them all. As I said, she had eight children, five living by 1900. The other three, I don't know if you're going to find their names in America because remember those, the older children are all born in Russia, but you will find those in the synagogue records and in Russian records. And do you when they came here from Russia? When did they arrive? I have it narrowed down for you. And the reason we have it narrowed down is because of when the child was born in America. But that yeah. does take me to the next place that you will want to look at. And that's naturalization record because the older children may have been naturalized. And all of this information is on phone three. And Kathleen, I've had over a 10 minute break from season one to season two. And so can you tell me again what fold three is? Fold three is, is owned by Ancestry.com. Specialty is in military right. records, mm -hmm. but it also has a lot of naturalization records also um, that so are it's in a, a database. It's a database. Okay. That's correct. Impressing people with that knowledge. I know. And so John, after Ronnie goes and she exhausts all of the U.S. information she can get. Ronnie, at that point, you'll want to go to the Russian State Historical Archive. And you can get a lot of stuff again online. Okay. You can also write to them. Okay. Awesome. Did, um... I, I, I thought you were going to say after Ronnie exhausts all of her avenues and all the research, then she'll want to go for a nice, refreshing <laughs> beverage at the Wantai Inn. <laughs> no, that's not what I was going to tell you either. <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie has a lot of work to do. So, Ronnie, one of the other things I want to make sure that you don't overlook, and that's addresses. On the side of the census records, it tells you the house number and normally a street number or street name, rather. Mm -hmm. So that street name and the house number is going to help you. For example, yeah. I was able to find your family and connect them by the address of 982 Prospect. That mm -hmm. is where Samuel was married and later, I see his mother there also. Aww. So we were able to follow this just using, again, census records. Awesome. I did not delve into things like city directories. I want you to, to look at those in the New York. Most of those are at the library. You go downtown in New York City, you all have the most fabulous genealogy section at the big public library. And that mm -hmm. I love to hang out there. And there's people that can help you. There's also a lot of resources that you have right at your fingertips. Yes. Now, one other thing the, with the Salvation Army, was there any other clues there about how he got the job or anything? I do not have the Salvation Army records. However, as you already mentioned, the Salvation Army headquarters is in New York. So you yeah, might so be able to, there. I would contact them and mm -hmm. let them go through their archival records. I have used their archival records a lot through yes. email and they're excellent at responding. I appreciate so much. You've done such a wonderful job, you know, breaking the, you know, adding the bricks onto my ancestry. <laughs> I appreciate it so much. I was missing some information to help me dive deeper into my family history. And it sounds like you were able to make connections for me to be able to look back through the year to the point 
um, of when they immigrated here from Russia. Thank you so much, Bill Happy. You guys are great. great. Uh, thanks, Ronnie. Thank you. Thank you for participating. It's always it's always enjoyable to meet new people, and you've been absolutely wonderful. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Okay. And Ronnie, thanks for joining us here at Hitting the Bricks with Kathleen. Well, congratulations. You've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks so much for staying. Thanks to Ronnie from Long Island for her questions. Thanks to Chewy Chewbacca Brandt, our part-time cable holder and full-time stinky boy, for his unwavering lack of interest in anything we're doing. The theme song for Hitting the Bricks was written and performed by Tony Fistknuckle and the Nats. Watch for their next appearance at the restaurant at the end of the universe. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, and of course, Buzzsprout. We'd love to hear what you think about the podcast, so stop by our Facebook page at Hitting the Bricks and let us know.